Beautiful. So today's daf is daf mem, page 40, in the Heilige Meseches Ksubas. you imagine mem? Psh. It's mamish incredible. Mamish incredible. Okay. So we are up to the last word on the second line, on the top of daf mem, Ahmed Aleph. And the Gemara is going on a fascinating expression of the Mishnah. The Mishnah on 39a, on Lamed Tassamad Aleph, said that when somebody violates a girl, somebody rapes a girl against her will. So the Mishnah gave an expression of ha'ones shose ba'atzitzai. He must drink whatever he cooked in his pot. And the Mishnah explained what does it mean to drink whatever you cook in the pot, which means, listen, you were ma'anizer, you violated her, the Torah says you have an obligation to, re- to marry her and to remain with her, you're never allowed to divorce her. Basically, you cook the food, you eat the food. That's the expression over here. So here we go. Says the Gemara. Omar Rav Kahan Rav Kana says, Amrisa Lishmaitza Kameda Rav Zvid Minarda. We said over this Mishnah in front of in front of Rav Zvid from Naharda. Nasi And we asked him the following question. And this is a beautiful question. See, in general, there's a rule. If you have a positive commandment, that is going to push aside the negative commandment. It overrides it. And I say is doche alosase. The Torah tells me do something, and then says don't do something. We do something, right? Like a bris on Shabbos, right? We do it. It's a mitzvah. Say, she says, I don't understand something. Ready for this? We said in our Mishnah that if somebody's man is a girl. The halacha is, he has to marry her, stay married to her, never leave her. But there's an exception to the rule. What's the exception to the rule? If she's a mamzeres, if she's forbidden to him, the halacha is, you don't marry her. One second. To not marry a mamzeres is a losase. Do not marry. The obligation to marry a woman who you violate is an asay. So asks a be- ask the Gemara a beautiful question. Why is it that if you're ma'ane se mamzeres, you don't have an obligation to marry her? Let the assay of marriage push aside the losa say of mamzeres. Answers the Gemara, Omar Li, Rav Kahana said back to Rav Zvid, Heicha amrina, heicha He says, basically what he's going to respond is, you're right, except you have to know when an assay pushes aside the losa say. So when do we say that rule is true? Kigan mila bitzaras. That's like when you have Mila and Tsaras. Delo Efsher, Delo Lakiyume, I say, it's not possible to not fulfill the positive commandment without cutting off the Tsaras. Let's explain that for a moment. If somebody has Tsaras or what appears to be Tsaras on their body, so they call the Kohen, the Kohen looks at it, you know, says, I'll come back in seven days. During that seven days, the guy's like, you know what, I got a brilliant idea. Let me just cut off the part of the skin that looks like Taras, and this way it's not there anymore. I'm done. It doesn't exist. Are you allowed to do that? No. You're not allowed to cut off the Taras. You have to wait for the Kohen. However, what happens if you have a child that's born and on the foreskin, on the place of Mila, there's Taras? So now what do I do? We say, I say, is dochedalosa say. The positive commandment of giving a bris milah pushes aside the negative commandment of not cutting off the tsaras. Because it's not possible to fulfill the assay without transgressing the losase. Avol hacha, 
But over here, when somebody's ma'anes emam zeres, i amra deloi be'ina, guess what? Let's say she were to say, you know, he raped me, I don't want to marry him. Does she have to marry him? No. Mi isei la'asei klal, is there a say, is there an assay that's going to come into play at all? No. In other words, says the Gemara, a beautiful chilak, a beautiful difference between, between um, different types of assay. Some assays you need to do. There's an obligation to do. When there's an assay that needs to be done and there's no exclusion to that rule, that's always going to push aside a los assay. However, let's say you have a circumstance where the Torah says do an assay, but the assay doesn't necessarily need to be done. It's if the girl and slash or her father choose to allow this guy to go ahead with the marriage, then he's forced to. But it's not automatic. Then we're not going to say the assay pushes aside the los assay. Beautiful. Great clarification of that rule. End of the Gemara. We're now up to the Mishnah, about eight, nine lines from the top of Daf Mem Amaral for those just joining us. Here we go. Says the Mishnah. All right. Yesayma shenis arsav in his garsha. You have a Yesoma, an orphan, that had Arison, and then she got divorced. Rebbe Lazar Aymer Ha'inis Chayef. If somebody violates her, he's got to pay her the fine. V'hamafate Potter. But if somebody seduces her, he's Potter. Now, let's think about this. Remember, previously we learned that we had an interesting question. Can a girl who seduced ever be Mochel? Can she forgive the fine? One of the issues we brought up is that probably no, because the fine goes to her father. So by her being seduced, she's not really being mochel on something that's supposed to go to her father. But now here's the issue. What's our case? Our case is a yusoma. So either her father's dead or her father had already married her off. So under whatever circumstances they are, he lost his rights to her. So now she's she's a yusoma. Any payment is going to go to her. If she had Arison and then was divorced, if you seduce, you're going to be potter. You know why? Because by her willingly being seduced, by her going into it, she's giving up on the on the right to the fine. Okay, let's get into the Gemara. You should know Rabbi Elazar is going in the opinion of his Heiliger Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva. I believe this is Rabbi Elazar ben Shamua. The well-known Rabbi Elazar ben Shamua, who was a student of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva restarted with five Talmidim. Five students after 24,000 students died, and Rabbi Elazar was one of them. He was quoting Rabbi Akiva's opinion. Da'amar, Rabbi Akiva says, Yesh that if a girl, a Nara, had a resin, and then she's divorced, and somebody violates her, she gets the fine, not the father. Now, Memai, how do you see the Rebbe Loz and Armishas following this opinion of Rebbe Akiva? Because, because we learned, If she's an orphan, of course. I mean, listen, if she's a real orphan and she was seduced, are we going to say that there's a fine? Let's think about it. As Rashi explains, is there a father here to receive it? No. What was the logic we learned previously when a girl is seduced? She's by her going into this and allowing herself to be seduced by the fellow, she is being mochalit. So of course, 
there's not going to be a knas. Pshita. Allah Hakamash wants the Khirsh the Mishnah must be teaching me the Narash and his Arsa. Vinizgarsha kiyasaima. What we're saying is like this. When you have a Nara who had Arisim, and then she, she, she's still a Basu, she's still a virgin. And then there's divorce. She's like a Yasaima. What does that mean? Her father could very well be around. He could be alive and kicking. But she's considered an orphan because he lost his rights to any of her financials. And the same way, when there would be a full-fledged orphan, no father around, the fine goes to her. Beautiful. Amar of Zera, Amar of Shila, Amar Rabba Bar Shila, Amar of Amnuna Saba, Amar of Adabar Rava, Amar Rav. You should know Halacha Karabi Halazar. The Halacha is like Rabbi Halazar of our Mishnah. Kari Rav Aleid Rabbi Halazar to Vina de Chakimi, and Rav called Rabbi Halazar the name. He is the creme de la creme of the Chachamim. All right, he's the he's the best, so to speak, of the uh, of the Chacham. All right, very uh, very. Um, Positive and exclusive words on behalf of Rabbi Elazar ben Shamua. Okay, period. End of that Mishnah, end of that Gemara. And now our daf is going to shift course. And we do have two more Mishnahs. We have a Mishnah here and another Mishnah on the base. But we're, gotten, we're now going to enter a fascinating conversation that's focused around how you pay for embarrassment. One of the um, financial obligations that somebody has for violating, violating a Nara, or any woman for that matter, you have to pay for Baisha, it's embarrassing. People have different levels of embarrassment. So, is it something that is absolute? Is there a set amount? Does it depend? Like a lot of th- other things depend, uh, depend right? So how does this play out? Says the Gemara. Says the Mishnah. I'm sorry. Ezehu Paishas. What is considered paying for embarrassment? How do I evaluate this? Says the Mishnah. It depends. It's not a set amount. Powerful words. It depends who's doing this. And it depends who it's being done to. No two situations are alike. You have to know who the perpetrator is and who the victim is. And depending on all that, will determine how much baishas needs to be paid. What about pegam? We said also, whenever you damage, you have to pay for pegam. You have to pay for a loss in value. Now what sort of value did this nara lose? Says the Mishnah, We're going to have to clarify this expression. But the Mishnah, let's just read it at face value. We, we view her as if she's a young girl being sold in the marketplace. How much somebody would have purchased her before she was violated. And how much she is... Uh, she she would be valued at now once a violation happens. Okay, now you might say, who cares? So Rashi leads us on with this question. Rashi says you're gonna have to wait for the Gemara because why would a master be concerned whether or not 
his uh, servant at some point in her life was violated. Okay, so we'll, we'll wait to answer that question. Knas, so that's when it comes to pagam, loss of value. However, knas, a fine, can you say a fine depends on a person? No, because then by definition, it's not a fine anymore. A fine is a set amount that you do. You litter, you throw a candy wrapper out your window, and an officer pulls you over, he says $300, has nothing to do with the candy wrapper. It's a fine. That's what you do when you, that's what you get when you litter. So, knas, shava bechaladam. The fine is the same for everybody, for everybody, and anything as well that has a set amount in the Torah, shava bechaladam. Anytime the Torah gives a set amount, you don't start playing with that number. That's a set amount that's going to apply to every single person. Doesn't matter how responsible, if you're obligated to a peasant, you're going to pay that amount. Doesn't matter. Who did it? Who, did, who the victim is? Fine. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. One second. Take a step back. Our Mishnah, you're telling me you need to pay for Bosha Sempagam? You need to pay for embarrassment as well as the loss of value? Ask the Gemara a question on that premise. The Gemara says maybe when the Tyra says, that when somebody violates a girl, you have to pay chamishim, uh, chamishim uh, kesef, maybe that's the only payment you ever have to make. Maybe you're potter from everything else, you're not obligated. How do you know that the, there, you have these additional obligations? Omar Avzeir, Avzeir says, Yaimru ba'al bas melochim chamishim, bas bal chamishim, says Avzeir, logic. Logic. Logic dictates that there's no way the Torah is telling us that when you have two girls who are violated and one has no social standing in any way, it didn't impact her social standing, she doesn't have social standing, wouldn't have it, and if somebody who had a social standing now completely lost it, you're going to tell me that the Torah is going to give the set amount for everybody? Some of the Abai, Abai says, yeah, maybe. He says, maybe, yeah. Listen, there's a lot of times in the Torah where the Torah gives a set amount for how much you pay, and it's across the board. What happens when you have an Evid? Meaning, if somebody has an ox, somebody owns an ox, and that ox was already had three times where it killed, uh, uh, three, uh, already had three times where it damaged, was a Sharmud, and now it kills an Evid, you have to pay the master a set amount. I don't understand. Same question back to you. Yaimru Evid, Naikev, Margolio, Shleishim, you're going to tell me that if you have an Evid who's an expert craftsman, he's a diamond uh, specialist. You're going to tell me you pay 30 and uh, also Evid, Isa, Maisa, Mechach, Shleishim. Yeah? And also somebody who does it. Every servant brings different value to the table. So Abaye responds to Zeri, says, yeah, yeah, well, I don't understand. Just because you're saying, oh, logic dictates it's not fair. Everybody gets the same. He says, that's fine. But sometimes the Torah does give a set amount. So perhaps in this case as well, says Abaye, when the Torah says you pay chamishim kesef, maybe it means only. And you don't need to pay for anything else. So we're back to square one. Okay, and again, let's just, this is very straightforward. Our Mishnah takes on an assumption. In addition to the Knas, you have these other obligations, and the Gemara here is questioning how we know for sure there's other obligations. So here we go. Ella rather Amar of Zeru. 
Rav Zera says, If let's say you have two men that violated this girl, one violated her in the natural way and one violated her in an unnatural way. Are you going to say that one who had relations in the normal way is going to have the same um, a complete amount as one who had relations with her in in, in an unnatural way? So Reb Zayr is going back to a logic over here, right? The same logic he wanted to give before. Oh, you could tell me a craftsman, they all get the same. That's what Abayi says, yeah, right? So Abai says back to him, yeah, same question I'll ask him. Do you want to say, oh, it's not fair. Two men, one violate her naturally, one unnaturally. Right? I don't understand, says Abai. Evet as well. Let's say your ox killed a completely healthy Evet. Evet Mukashkin Shlashim. And you have an Evet who uh, blew out his back. Literally, Mukashkin means he's covered in boils, right? He doesn't have the physical abilities. Everybody gets the same. Also, you see in the Torah, there's no, we, we don't make discrepancies between what they were able to accomplish. We do find that times you only pay a set amount, says Abaye. Okay? So, what's, what's been happening is, Rav Zera has attempted to explain to us why it for sure, why logic dictates that you don't only pay a knas. And Rabbi responded each time. So Elam Rabbi, rather Rabbi says, let me tell you something. I'll prove to you, I'll prove to you that despite what I said to Rav Zera before, of maybe, yeah, you only pay a knas, I'll tell you why. Really, we know that besides for the knas, you do have the baishas, you have do of the pagam, and he says, I'll prove it from here. Omar Kra, it says in the Torah, you know why you pay chamishim kesef if you violate a girl? Tachas asher inam, because you had ina, you afflicted, you afflicted her like inoi, you afflict your body. Hani tachas asher ina, these fifty shekel is for just the violation. That's it. That affliction of the violation, that's what the fifty shekel covers. However, what about everything else that comes into play besides for the actual violation? There's also the loss of value. There's also the embarrassment. There's also... So you can infer from there, it's a diuk. This is for the actual violation? Must be. There's other payments available for other things. Rav Amar Rav says, okay, I agree with Abai, except I'll bring a different source. He gives the father of that girl you're paying the 50 just for the actual relations, which means there's other payments as well. So says the Gemara, okay, fine. Very nice. Abaye and Rabbah both proved to us there's going to be further payments in addition to the Knas. So ask the Gemara the following question. The fine itself, the Torah told us, goes to the father. You give it to the father. What about these other payments? The Ema Ladida. Maybe the Baisha Supagam should go directly to her and the father should have no rights to that. Says the Gemara, no. I'll tell you why. Because 
um, Aleph Kuf stands for Omar Kro. Okay, it says the Gemara Omar Kro. It says in the pasuk, Binurel Beisavia, when she is a Nara in her father's house. What does it mean, a Nara, a young woman in her father's house? Kol Shavach Lavia. Anything, any finances that come to her in a state of Naras, go to the father. All right. So Baishu Pagam, that's a payment. So the same way if she works, goes to her father, these payments go to the father as well. Says Gemara, one second. How do you know that if a girl goes out to work, that the, the, her salary, her paycheck goes to the father? Just like when you have a, a, a Jewish maidservant, the master is going to get the income from her work. So to buy a daughter, the father is going to get the income from her work. So the question is, let's go back to what we said originally. Lamali is, why do I need that pasuk of Binurel Beisavia now? Because we just said, Binurel Beisavia teaches us, kol everything goes to the father. But one second, I don't need to know, kol teaches me goes to the father, because I know it from Amavriya. So now what do I need this pasuk for? Why don't we learn it out from Minarab Sevilla? Says you're right, Ella, rather, the Pasuk of Binurel Sevilla is referring to Hafaras Nadarim. Just that the you know the the ability of the father to continue to nullify the vows. Of the Maisa, we don't learn out from there anymore that it goes to the father. And if you're going to tell me that the same way the father has a right to nullify her vow, he should also receive the Baisha Supagam because those two halachas should go hand in hand. No, you can't do that. You know why? We have a general rule. And that is monetary halachas cannot be learned out from Isser. The laws of vows fall under the category of Isser Veheter. Of things that are forbidden and permitted. Mamon, financial matters have a whole different category. So just because we know the father has the right to nullify her vows, doesn't tell me that he's also going to receive the Baisha Supagam. It doesn't tell me he's going to receive the, the loss of value and the embarrassment. And if you're going to tell me that the same way the father receives the fine, he should also, which is a monetary thing, he should also receive the Baishu Ukanas, and that's the source, the, the Baishu Pagam, and that's the source. No, we also have a rule, you can't learn out the rules of financial matters from the rules of Knas, which is very logical. I, a fine is paid out monetarily. It doesn't matter. You know why? Because from the fact that there's a set Knas that goes to every person, proves that it's completely separate than regular financial matters. If I break your window, that's worth $200. You can't charge me $1,000. I pay you back the $200. That is a monetary compensation. A knas, though, you, if, if that's say there was a fine that's placed on people who break windows, you might say $200 for the window and then a $1,000 fine. You could do that. If that was the uh, policy, we'll call it. But otherwise, knas and mamun don't go hand in hand. You can't learn one out from the other. It's, it's, it's really two different ballgames. Says the Gemara, you're right. We don't have a verse proving that it goes to the father. It's svara, it's logic. Why? I'll tell you why. We, I'll tell you how we know the father gets the Baishu Begam. Ready for this? 
Because since her father has a right to marry her off, he's, he could choose who she's married to. All right? Now, if he could choose who she's married to, and he has the right to give her over to somebody who it, it might be embarrassing for her to marry. And still, the father's right to do that. Or loss of value by her having relations with this uh, guy who the father had a right to give her over to. So since the father already has control over that situation, logic dictates that if, let's say, the situation does come up, even if it wasn't with the father's will, but that's his. So any busha embarrassment that comes to her, any pigam that comes to her, since the father had the right to cause it, if he would have so cho- chosen, now that it's here without his choosing, he owns that, so to speak. That's what's, that's what's uh, coming to him. Okay. Period. Beautiful. Okay, we're now at the two dots. Uh, of about uh, six lines before we get to the next Mishnah. Here we go. We said in the Mishnah, Pagam. How do you assess Pagam, a loss of value? So, We view her as if she is a Shifcha, a maidservant, being sold on the slave market. All right. How much she was worth before she was violated, how much she's worth after she's violated. Says Gemara, I don't understand. How does this change what she would be worth if she would be sold as a servant? What does a master care? Is this, you know, this is, this is fascinating, right? I mean, this is something we, that comes up in our daily lives. Whenever you're having any sort of transaction, which things do you have to notify the potential customer about a potential problem? Do you have to notify them? Or is there an assumption that it doesn't, it doesn't really matter? So you're selling a house to somebody. There are certain things that the seller is obligated to disclose. Do they have to disclose things that have been fixed and haven't been a problem from, for the past uh, seven to ten years? What would you say? Right? What, is the, what does he care what I did seven years ago? Been fine. So what? There's a lot of times where you have to determine what actually matters. As Gamar is asking over here, it's a it's a deep question. Why are you assessing something for a situation where it doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. Nothing changed. So what what sort of assessment is this? No, I'll tell you why. We want to, you're going to pay the difference between somebody who acquires, uh, uh, the difference of paying me, somebody's willing to acquire a girl who's a basula or a girl who's a bula, a non virgin. Says tomorrow, who cares? Again, you're not answering my question. Shivcha bula the shamshay, my nafkale mina. What does he care whether she's still a basula or not? Answers the Gemara, Ella, bain shivcha bula the shivcha sheena bula. And what does this mean? Lahasia. The difference is like this. I'll tell you why a master will care. Because when somebody has a shivcha, somebody has a, a, a maidservant, so they're allowed to marry her off to the evad, to a servant. Well, you're going to want the evad 
to be in on this, to be interested. So you might be willing to pay more for the basula, which I kind of just jumped the gun a step or two, right? But that's what the Gemara is heading to over here. He, the owner knows he's going to want this shivcha to mate, we'll call it, with the Eved and have children that he could own further. Well, he wants the shivcha to be on board. He wants, he wants the Eved to be on board. The Eved will be more on board with, if you know, if he would purchase somebody who's still a basula. says, what is the servant care? Yeah, we're speaking about a, a servant who... The uh, the master wants to treat him well and give him the best of the best. Nothing that's, uh, you know, he wants to give him a, 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 a mate, we'll call it, that the Evet is, is very happy with. And that change in value between what a master would be willing to pay to have a shivcha that's a, that's a ba'ula and not a ba'ula, that's the pagam that we are assessing here that one would have to pay. Okay. Next Mishnah. Here we go. Whenever there's mecher, whenever there is a sale in knas, there's not going to be a knas, there's not going to be a fine that needs to be paid. Okay. Whenever there's a knas, no mecher. Now, it sounds cryptic. We know what this Mishnah means because we learned this about a week ago. Going in, uh, we had a machaikas. We quoted this, we're going to get into this in the Gemara, um, about the age. The age. Anytime you have a, a girl who's of an age where she's capable of being sold by her father, so then if somebody violates her in Kanas. However, if there's, she's at an age where there's Kanas, you can know the, 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 there's no Mecher. That means she's too old for anybody to be allowed to sell her. Okay. Ketana Yeshlamecher, a katana, the father has a right to sell her. And therefore, somebody violates her, there's no knas. Nara Yeshla Knas. Once she reaches the age of Nara, so now she receives a knas. No rights to sell her anymore. She's on her own. There's no Bagaras, there's no knas. Yeah, there might be other payments. That need to have that uh, she receives and goes to her, but she's like a you know she's excluded from this um, conversation as far as mecher and kanas. She's already past that age. This opinion, this mishnah, is the opinion of Rabbi Meir that kanas and mecher cannot work with the you know at the same time, either in this age or you're that age. And this is the machlekas we mentioned earlier. You could have a knas, a fine paid, even when there's a mecher. Now let's remind ourselves, let's remind ourselves the opinion of the chachamim at the very beginning of our parak. According to the chachamim, remember what's a nara? Does a nara mean literal 12, 12 and 6 months or does a nara mean a young girl? So here we go. Katana from one day old until she grows Shtei Saris, physical signs of maturity, she has physical signs of maturity, and now we're waiting for her age to become a Begeres, that's when she receives a Knas, but Shoyer Meir, Shoyer Meir says, 
Let's get into the Ready? The Chum say? No. You know when you receive a Knas? When once she's the age of three years old in a day, until she becomes a Begeres, there's going to be a Knas. Now, let me ask you a question. If she's three years old in a day, could the father sell her? Certainly she's in the father's domain as a Katana. So according to Chum, Knas and Mecher, are not a, uh, don't need to work individually. They can overlap. There's no problem. But says the Gemara, to clarify the opinion of the Chacham, what do you mean, yesh la knas? Knas in mecharloi, do you mean that she receives a fine, but there's no sale? Says the Gemara, no, no, no. That's not what we meant. Rather, the way we explain the Chacham, ema af knas b'makai mecher. The Chacham hold that even though she's three years old in a day and the father could sell her, she's still going to receive the knas. Okay. Amar of Chister, of Chister says, my time with your mayor, let's get into the logic of this machlokas. As we know, even though there's many, many disputes and arguments in Gemara and in Mishnayis, nobody's sitting on the back of the bus deciding to argue for no reason. Each one's coming from a source. So Rav Chister says, what is Rav Meir's source? That when there's mecher, there's no knas. When there's knas, there's no selling her anymore. The ages work separately. Amar Kra, because it says in our Pasuk, Okay, when somebody violates a girl, what do you do? You pay the 50 kesef and also velaisi aliisha. She should be for him, for a wife. What does that mean? Kisihia? What does kisihia mean? Bimahava atzma akosim madaber. Siya means, says Rav Chista to explain Rav Meir's opinion, that's talking about where she can also, she also has the ability to choose whether or not to marry this guy. Now, if she's three years old in a day, does she have that ability? No. So it says Rav Meir, so there's no knas. When there's mecher, there's no knas. Why? Because she's too young to choose. You need knas only when there's an option for when she can have enough das to choose to be married to this guy. Okay. Virabanan, what about the Chum? The Chum say that you get a Knas even from three years old in a day. Amr Ishlakish, Ishlakish explains, Amr Kra, Nara Afilu Kitana Bimashma. As we said in the beginning on Daf Chav Tes, right? Levim Dafago. The Chum look at the word Nara and they say, you know what Nara means? Young girl. Not limited to six months. It's a young girl. Any girl who's the age where a, where a um, uh, uh, act of Intercourse is called it is uh, you know receives its name. It's called an act of bia from three years old in a day and older. So they're included in nara. Shamar of Papa Brader of Chamami Bay Kaluchis. Rav Papa, the son of Rav Chanon from Bay Kaluchis, heard Azal Amara Kamidra Simi Barashi, and he came and he told over this that he heard um, to Rav Ashi and Amar Lay. To Rav Simi, the son of Ravaji, and Amalei Rav Simi says to him, "Osun aho masnisa lo anan aho masnisa masnisa lo." You learned from you know what you just heard follows the Chachamim, but anan us we learned it. We learned that halacha from a different source, which is Amar Ishlakish Hamaytzi Shemra Alakatana Potter. If a husband comes and he's mighty shamra, he says uh, he has uh, false claims about his wife's besulim. 
If she's a katana, he doesn't need to pay a knas. When do you pay the knas? When there's a father. Nara means full-fledged nara. Full-fledged nara. Okay? Therefore, um, it's, it, the, the halach is limited to this case and this case alone. So Master Ravada Barava, Ravada Barava challenging question. Just one second. Time, but the God's Rahman and Nara, the reason why a katana doesn't receive the knas if they're by by Maitzi uh, Shemra is because the word Nara. Halav achi if not for Nara, have a mina filu katana. I would have said that a katana does get the knas. But it says Let's say it's true. If this matter is true, that the husband comes, he says she's not a basula. She must have had relations during Erison. So, we take Lenara to the entrance of the Bezdin and we stone her. One second. If let's say she's 10 years old, you think you're going to stone her? Is there punishment in Bezdin on a 10 year old? No. So, there's no way Nara over here can imply a Katana as well. Katana lav bas einshin he. Katana is not a bas einshin. So, how can you tell me that a Nara, if not for the way it's written, would have included a Katana? What Shaykh is? No way. There's no way for it to pan out, says the Gemara. Ella, rather, I'll tell you a different source. Says the Gemara, Ella Kan Nara, over here by Maitzi Shemra. That's talking about a Nara and a Nara specifically. You know why? Because as we said before, the the Pasuk of Nara, Ha Nara, is written. Kahigan, it's written, uh, it's written properly. A full, a, you know, full fledged nara, no added drushes over here. But any time where it would write the word nara without a hey, then afilu katana b'mashma. You know what that means? A young girl. See if it says nara, full fledged, all out. Then it means the classic nara that we're referring to. She already has to be of the age of twelve, and that's capable of being carried out to a bezdin and being high of skila. If she had relations. However, if it says Nara without a hey, that's letting us know we're not dealing with a regular full-fledged Nara situation. We're dealing with a girl who's simply being called a Nara because of her youthfulness. She could be three years old. She could be five years old. She could be 10 years old. And then we're going to, and, uh, and therefore, the, whenever you have such a, a matter like that, that katana will start from the age of three. And that's why the Chacham hold that even a girl from the age of three and above is called a Nara, and there will be a Knas, even though she's still in the age of a Mecher, of the father having the ability to sell her. Gavaldik, beautiful. That's the end of the Gemara. We're now up to the Mishnah, on the top of Daf Mem Aleph Amar Aleph, and we will hold it here for this evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.